fruit baskets are with us once again from John chapter 15. Uh, And uh, you'll recall last week we looked at uh, uh, John 15 verses 1 to 8. We're going to do that one more time today. The folks that walked through the Bible surveyed churches like us, uh, and they asked churchgoers, which of these four baskets best represents you? It was anonymous, so they, they didn't have to uh, uh, fudge the, the idea. They were actually able to just share. 60% of folks in a church, just, churches just like ours, said that no fruit basket, honestly, that's me right now. 25% said, I think the little fruit basket, honestly, is, is where I'm at right now. Uh, 10% were in the more fruit basket, and that leaves 5%. We're uh, identifying with that much fruit basket. The hard question we asked last Sunday, why do 85% of people in church like ours identify with either no fruit or little fruit. Why is that? And we looked at the first major reason last Sunday. Uh, and the first major reason why 85%, and, and I'd, I'd like to think that we're above that, but I suspect we're probably right there. Why are 85% of us today likely in one of these two baskets? Why, why is that? First major reason is uh, because we are passive. We're in neutral on fruit. It's like, hey, Jesus, if you want to zap me with some fruit, I'm, I'm cool with that. But uh, I, I'm not really interested in working hard and making it a priority. So yeah, if I see some fruit, that'd be great. But I'm convinced that most of us, this isn't a daily active priority of our lives getting connected to the vine. Oh, by the way, who's the vine? What's his name? Say it with me. Jesus Christ. Yeah, he's the vine. And if Jesus is not the passion and the priority for us to daily get connected, then the result will be one of these two baskets. If you don't make this your mission, your priority, your passion, this will be the result. Little or no fruit in our lives. Got to stay connected to the vine. Um, Jesus' closing challenge to his disciples, remember John 15, just a few minutes, they're going to leave and go to the Garden of Gethsemane. Uh, Judas is going to betray Jesus, um, and then he's going to tomorrow be hung on the cross. He's saying, this is the priority. If you're one of my followers, think about it. He's just about to go to the cross. These are like the final words, the final message to his disciples, to us. If you want fruit, and that's my priority for you, is for you to be fruitful. If you want to be here, you're going to have to stay connected to me. You're going to have to fight to do everything that you need to do, whatever it takes to stay connected to me. So my life-giving Holy Spirit, the sap, the nutrients, the power can come into your life, and that's where fruit comes from. By the way, I've had several of you say, what, what's real fruit? We're going to get that. We're, we're going to identify fruit. But I would say just the general, uh, fruit 
is the outgrowth of being connected to the vine. We'll get more specific in weeks ahead, okay? Uh, But anyway, uh, you want to get connected to the vine because that's where fruit is. Uh, We're going to look at the second major reason why there's little or no fruit today, but it's going to come from these same verses. So if you're able, would you stand with me? Uh, John chapter 15, verses 1 to 8. Let's read out loud together. Final words of Jesus Uh, just before they head out to the Garden of Gethsemane. Ready? Here we go. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I'm the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you're like a branch that's thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Let's pray. Lord, would you use these words that you inspired through your spirit to get down on parchment? You've preserved them down through the centuries for us, and I'm praying that these words will speak loudly and clearly today in your church. Give us listening ears, Lord, give us open minds. Would you soften our hearts? Speak, Lord, we're listening to you this morning. And all the church family at Walloon Lake said with one strong voice, The second major reason that 85% of us, that percentage gets me, I got to be honest, 85% of us are in one of these two baskets. Second major reason why that's true um, is we've allowed our branches to get dirty. We've allowed our lives to get filthy. And branches that lay in the dirt and the mud produce little or no fruit in them. Think about that. When you're laying in the mud, when you're laying in the dirt with your life, there's not going to be much fruit or there's going to be zero fruit when we allow our lives, our branches, to lay in the dirt and in the mud. Go back to the text. Verse 1, Jesus is the vine. Uh, Think of it as the trunk of the tree, if you will. And followers of Jesus, we are the, what does it say? We're the branches. Jesus is the vine. Our job is to get connected and stay connected as the priority of our lives to the vine Jesus. Uh, God the Father, verse 1, is the gardener. He is the owner of the vineyard. His Passion, his priority, 
maximum fruit in the garden. Verse 2, here's where it gets interesting. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. (laughs) And if you're thinking with me right now, you're thinking, what does that mean? He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. First, let me say loudly, everywhere in the Bible, everywhere else in the Bible where it talks about being in Christ, in me, he's talking about someone who is saved, sealed, secure in Christ. Tracking? So he's talking about believers here, uh, those who are in Christ, in salvation, much like, example, 2 Corinthians 5.17, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation, the old is what? The new has come. But it says, look back at verse 2, it says these people, these uh, are bearing no fruit. So how can this be a genuine believer in Christ bearing no fruit and yet still be a Christian? Pretty good question, right? If you're here and you're bearing no fruit, how can that be a believer in Jesus if there's no fruit? Ready? Um. The Greek word here refers to the present active participle. The verb there is present active participle, meaning, I know you don't care, but it does matter. Uh, Right now, this person is bearing no lasting fruit in Jesus. It's not talking about their whole lives. It's saying right now, the reality is this person is bearing no fruit. Today, right at this moment, presently, they're bearing no fruit. And the truth is, give me your eyes, we all have days, weeks, months where fruit is largely missing from our lives. Would you not agree? Amen? Okay, a few of you are a little reluctant on that one. You want to give it another? We all, every one of us here, have times, hours, days, weeks, months, where fruit is largely missing from our lives. Would you not agree? Amen? Okay, that's true for every one of us. So the issue in verse 2 is not salvation. Uh, The issue that Jesus is dealing with is, is this person making a lasting difference with their lives? Are they producing fruit that lasts? That's the issue that Jesus is dealing with and is the focus of this passage. If you want to get scary, slide down to 6. I'm I'm not going to give this much because that's a different message. But verse 6 is where you get the folks who don't know Jesus, who are close, but they never really were a follower of Jesus. Example A, Judas Iscariot, uh, who's just left and now will come back and betray Jesus for money. So, Verse 6 is all about those who really never have belonged to Jesus, and now some bad stuff happens to them. But our focus right now is verse 2. When someone in Christ ceases to be fruitful, what does the Lord do to stimulate us, branches, back into staying connected to the vine and seeing fruit become a part of our lives? 
What does the Lord do when we're here to stimulate us to the other baskets? What is it that he, he does in our lives to get our attention, you might say? What is it that he does? Okay, go back to verse 2, and let me show you something interesting. NIV says he cuts off every branch that bears no fruit. New King James Version says he takes away every branch that bears no fruit. But the Greek word is A-I-R-O, arrow, take up, lift away, is the literal translation. Okay, same word, Matthew 9, 6, Jesus healed a man paralyzed on his mat, and he says, get up. Arrow, get up from your mat. Get up, uh, take your mat, and go home, Matthew 9, 6. Meaning, pick up your mat and lift it up and then go. So, what's going on here? Jesus is picturing a vineyard where a branch has fallen off the trellis. See the picture up there? Imagine a branch, maybe there's strong wind. Uh, maybe there was lots of rain. Maybe there was a storm. Maybe an animal got in there and, and was enjoying uh, the vineyard. But somehow a branch either got blown off or knocked off the trellis, the wooden stakes. You tracking with me? And now what's going on? The branch is lying, picturing this with me, in the dirt. Or if it's been raining, the branch is lying in the what? In the mud. Yeah, there's some mud out there today. And, and now that branch is getting trampled and hidden from the rays of the sun, and there's trouble. So the gardener, track with me, would go to the branch and lift it up and wash off the dirt and the mud and put it back on the trellis so it can be back in the proper position and ready to produce fruit. I think Jesus is talking here about Christians who have slipped or fallen or even jumped into the mud and the dirt of this world. That would never happen to you or me, though. That's just other Christians, right? Yeah. Nobody in the balcony would ever uh, slip or fall or jump in the mud and the dirt of sin in this world. Uh, the reality is, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, sometimes we do, and he's saying clearly, uh, when a branch is laying in the dirt, laying in the mud, it produces either little or no fruit. Tracking? When you're laying in the dirt and the mud, this is mostly your basket. Uh, this is where I'm at when I am either laying or have fallen or have jumped into the dirt and the mud of sin. Now listen closely, and the Lord loves us so much. The Father loves his children so much that he takes action to motivate us to get cleaned up, to lift us up out of the mud and the dirt of sin. When we choose... When we choose just to lay in the mud and the dirt, listen closely, we're choosing to be fruitless. When we choose, okay, we're all at times going to slip and fall in various different ways, James 1 tells us, but when I just lay there and I continue to lay there, I'm choosing to stay 
in this basket. I'm choosing for this to be my place because as long as I'm laying in the dirt and the mud, this is what I will be producing currently, actively, presently in my life. And that's true for you as well. The Lord loves us so much, give me your eyes, that he intervenes, that he initiates a process. And the Bible calls that process discipline. So if, if this is your basket and you've allowed your branch to get dirty and muddy, the Lord loves you so much that he's going to start a process to get your attention and it's called discipline. Want to know more about that? We don't have time today. Hebrews chapter 12, write that down, verses 4 to 12, the best passage in the Bible all about discipline. So I'd encourage you, make that your homework assignment, but it's wonderful. And it says the Lord only disciplines those he loves and those who belong to him. And why would he discipline us? Hebrews 12 says, because he loves us and he wants us to produce a harvest, a fruit and righteousness, okay? So, so why would he do that? Because he treats us like a loving father and he truly wants us to motivate us to get reconnected to him, to get clean, to repent and get washed and cleansed and purified of each and every one of us. That's what he's motivating us when we're here and I'm in the dirt and the mud. He wants to motivate us to fruitfulness. That's how much he loves each and every one of us. Sin prevents the empowering, the fruit-bearing capacity of the Holy Spirit to flow through us. Say that again. Sin prevents the empowering, fruit-bearing capacity of the Holy Spirit to flow through us. So the second major reason that 85% of us are in one of these two baskets, are you ready? Is because we're not dealing well with sin in our lives. We're just, we're choosing either to ignore the sin in our lives, we're choosing to say, I'm just too busy to deal with the sin in our lives, I'm choosing to blame someone else for the sin in my life, I've got an excuse, I've got a reason, I've got dirt and mud on my life, but there's a reason why. And we're not doing the U-turn, we're not confessing, and we're not dealing with sin quickly. And when we choose to stay in the dirt, in the mud, track with me, we get disconnected from the power. Think about a cord going into the outlet, and truly, when, when I'm just laying there in the dirt and the mud, I'm choosing to disconnect from the power. I'm... I'm disconnecting from the Holy Spirit. Why? Because I'm not connected to the vine. Why is that the case? Because I'm living in sin. The power and the activity of the Holy Spirit can't flow when I'm laying in the dirt and the mud. Um, Every time I sin, every time you sin, you're unplugging yourself from the fruit. Say it again. Every time we sin, we're choosing to unplug from the power and the fruit-bearing of the Holy Spirit in us. I would argue, give me your eyes, this is hard, but it's true. A lot of us, we're in these baskets because we're not dealing well with the sin that challenges us. 
shouldn't surprise us that our greatest problem in life is what? I'm a sinner. You're a sinner. We're prone to wander. And our sin problem is one of the major reasons why we're not producing much fruit. Or maybe we're not producing any fruit today. Our greatest problem, I'm a sinner. Well, even after you become a follower of Jesus, that's still our greatest challenge is to stay clean. To do the U-turn when I mess up, to get back right relationship with Jesus through confession. If you're a follower of Jesus and you've seen fruit in your life in the past, um, is there sin that keeps knocking you into the dirt? Is there sin that just keeps knocking you into the mud? If that's you, then that's your explanation for why being you're being in one of these two baskets. It's sin, and you're not dealing well with it. You're disconnecting yourself from Jesus and his spirit. It's not a question of salvation. You still belong to him, but you keep pulling the plug. You keep disconnecting yourself from the power of the Holy Spirit. Unforgiveness, anger, bitterness, sexual sin of all varieties. It's rampant today, men, internet, pride, greed, selfishness, sins of the mouth, gossip, slander, lying, conceit. I think you got the idea. Here's what James 5 says. If anybody today is sick with sin... You should call the leaders, the elders of the church. You should call on them. And it says, James 5, catch catch this, confess your sin to one another. Come and confess to the leaders so that you can be made whole, that you can see healing, that you can see victory as you confess and make right your sin, falling into the dirt falling in to the mud. And it even says, and it'd be good if you got anointed with oil, asking that the power of the Holy Spirit come and give you victory over whatever sin it is that you're battling. Again, I'm not sure what your specific uh, dirt or mud is, but I'm here telling you today, a huge reason why a lot of us aren't producing fruit. We're not doing well in our battle with sin. So right now, I'm going to invite up some of the leaders in the church family. So come on up, um, and I'm going to invite you to put James 5 into practice. So as they come, bow your heads, shut your eyes, And I just want you to know, obviously, it's going to take more than just coming forward. But I think James 5 is there. That's definitely a key, huge first step. And as they're up here, and they're going to pray with you, and they're going to pray for you, um, they're going to do what God's word says is that first huge, massive step. Uh, You're going to come, and you're going to say, you know, that's me. So... Would you just quietly before the Lord say, Lord, is is this true for me right now? Presently? Is, Is my basket empty? 
because I'm losing in that battle with sin? Might that be true for me? Would you make that clear? And Lord, I I just don't want to generically feel bad about my life, my branch. I want to hear specifically, make it clear, what exactly is it that keeps tripping me up and knocking me down? Make yourself clear. Lord, we're listening. I'm well aware that to come and admit that you're falling short, that your branch is dirty and muddy, that's humbling. Can I suggest to you there's power when we humble ourselves before the Lord and his church? So I get it. But I'm convinced that some of us here today who are tired of being in this no-fruit basket The solution is to put God's word into practice. So right now, if that's you, come on up. we got some folks up here. They're going to pray with you. They're going to pray for you. Um, They're going to listen. They're going to probably ask you, what are you struggling with? I want to pray for you. I want to anoint you with oil in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray for victory. I want to pray for healing. So come ahead. If the Lord's knocking, uh, this is your time. And if you're in one of those other baskets, you're thinking, well, this is, what am I supposed to do? Well, if, if you're in one of these other baskets, the more or the much fruit, thank the Lord. <laughs> Be thankful for uh, allowing you to discover and stay connected. I suspect you probably have some people around you, family members, friends, people in your small group that aren't in those final two baskets. Would you pray for them right where you're seated? You've got some work to do too. Pray for them, lift them up, ask that the Lord will work powerfully so they can start seeing lasting, eternal, make-a-difference fruit in their lives. Anybody else? Come on down. The Lord's knocking. I, I'm just telling you, why wouldn't you want to do it God's way? Why wouldn't you want to do it according to the instruction manual? And if you know the reason you're in that, that last basket, branch is getting dirty, it's getting muddy, and that seems to be a continual pattern. Come on down. Let us pray over you, pray with you.
going to sing a closing song now. We're also going to take a benevolent offering. Lots going on. But they're going to stay down here. And if as we stand, now you're ready to respond. The Lord's knocking and saying, get down there. Make your way down. Stand with me. We're going to sing our closing song. Ushers, make your way down. Lord, we pray for those who've come already. We pray for those who've humbled themselves. Lord, I pray that you'll lift them up, bring victory, bring healing to their lives. Thank you for this offering for those who are uh, struggling in a financial way. Bring hope and healing to their lives. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. Death could not hold you. Death could not hold you. The veil torn before you. You silenced the boast of sin and grief. The heavens are roaring. The praise of your glory. For you are
over my friends this coming week. Pray for those who uh, humbled themselves and came forward. I pray especially for those who should have and they resisted. Lord, may the hounds of heaven get them this week. Draw them to yourselves. We keep asking for 120 that will be raised up here in your church at Walloon at East Jordan. Lord, we ask that you might help us to turn northern Michigan upside down for your son Jesus. That's what I'm asking. That's what we've been asking for. Work powerfully. Help us to stay connected to the vine. And Lord, if there's still a few that need to come forward and get anointed, might they do that even now? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You're dismissed. Oh, death could not hold on before silence the boast of sin and grave heavens are Yeah.